0: Hi, welcome to Harrison's Pod Class, where we discuss important concepts in internal medicine. I'm Kathy Handy.
1: And I'm Charlie Wiener, and we're coming to you from the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Today's episode is episode 22, a 62-year-old with chest pain and dyspnea. I'll start with the question lead-in. Mr. Abraham is a 62-year-old former sea urchin collector with a history of a right total knee replacement 10 years ago and prior tobacco abuse. He presents to your office after complaining of chest pain with moderate exertion and some mild dyspnea while walking up hills.
0: Well, as you know, Charlie, chest pain is a really common complaint to the doctor's offices and especially to emergency departments. Most of the time, it's not a life-threatening issue. And in fact, most of the time, it's not even caused by cardiac disease. But you really want to make sure that you're ruling out acute coronary syndrome or any other cardiac disease because those diagnoses you don't want to miss. This man at 62 years old is definitely in the relevant age range and has some risk factors for those considerations. Definitely the tobacco abuse puts him at higher risk. So I would definitely want more information.
1: The question does not list any additional history, but instead today we're going to focus on the physical examination. The question goes on. On examination, you note a mid-systolic murmur. After careful listening, you are unsure whether this is the murmur of aortic stenosis or or of the obstructive form of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, or HOCUM?
0: Well, those are two very different diseases, but can have similar sounding murmurs, definitely on initial cardiac exam. The symptoms described, here we have chest pain and dyspnea on exertion, are symptoms that are common in both of those diseases. So in thinking about aortic stenosis, that's due to degenerative calcification of the aortic cusps. And it occurs most commonly in people with a history of either congenital disease, like having a bicuspid aortic valve, or if there's chronic deterioration of the valves in normal trileaflet valves, or if there's been previous rheumatic inflammation from rheumatic heart disease. The process of aortic valve deterioration shares many features with vascular atherosclerosis. So you get endothelial dysfunction, lipid accumulation, inflammatory cell activation, cytokine release, and you can get upregulation of several signaling pathways that result in the calcification of aortic cusps.
1: So aortic stenosis is pretty common, especially in this age group. But what about HOCUM?
0: Well, Hocum is the asymmetric left ventricular hypertrophy that's distinct from the more common LVH or left ventricular hypertrophy that comes from longstanding hypertension. And because of misalignment and disarray of the enlarged myofibrils and myocytes of the septum, you get bulging into the left ventricular outflow tract,
1: and that's what causes the obstruction. What are the demographics of Hocum?
0: The average age of diagnosis is about 35 to 40 for HOCUM, but it can present in patients with their 60s, and most patients will have a sarcomere mutation, usually about 60%, and aortic stenosis tends to be more common in older people.
1: Okay, let's go back to the question and talk more about the physical examination findings. What is typical in each case?
0: Okay, let's start with aortic stenosis. So there, the murmur is usually loudest to the right of the sternum in the second intercostal space, and it radiates to the carotids. Aortic stenosis or sclerosis is the most common cause of a mid-systolic murmur in an adult. Holcomb, on the other hand, is associated with a mid-systolic murmur, and that's usually loudest along the sternal border or between the left lower sternal border and the apex. The murmur is produced by both dynamic left ventricular outflow tract obstruction and also mitral regurgitation. So the murmur that you end up hearing is a configuration of the hybrid between the ejection and the regurgitant phenomenon.
1: Okay, so I'm going to move on with the question, because the question is going to ask us what additional physical examination maneuvers we can utilize to distinguish between aortic stenosis and hokum. The question says, which maneuver is appropriately matched to the clinical finding that would suggest that this murmur is due to hokum as opposed to aortic valvular stenosis? Option A says a hand grip maneuver will diminish the intensity of the murmur. Option B says initiating melanone intravenously will augment the systolic murmur. Option C says palpation of the carotid impulse will demonstrate a diminished or delayed carotid upstroke. Option D says going from the standing position to the squatting position will cause augmentation of the intensity of the murmur. And option E says the valsalva maneuver will cause augmentation of the intensity of the murmur. And again, we're trying to figure out which ones of these will distinguish between aortic stenosis and hokum.
0: All right, let's go through these one by one. So let's consider option A first. Hand grip maneuver augments or increases afterload. And when that happens, it decreases the intensity of the murmurs of both aortic stenosis and hokum. So it's not really that helpful to distinguish them. So I would rule out option A for this question. The similar option here is option D, because it turns out that going from standing to squatting also increases the afterload, so you will get decreased intensity of both murmurs, and it doesn't help you to distinguish those.
1: Okay. Option B asks about milrinone. Milrinone is a positive cardiac inotrope. What will that do to the murmur of aortic stenosis and hocum?
0: This will increase the intensity of both of the murmurs, so again, doesn't really help you to distinguish... And similarly, option C, or diminished or delayed carotid upstroke, can be present in both, so isn't the best to help you distinguish between the two. But it is a common and important physical finding in patients who have moderate to severe aortic stenosis, or maybe later on in the course than this patient.
1: I will point out that other oscillatory findings of severe aortic stenosis, which are really important to distinguish because they portend a poor prognosis, include a soft or absent aortic component of the second heart sound paradoxical splitting of S2, an apical S4, or a late peaking systolic murmur. These should all be checked in patients with suspected hemodynamically significant aortic stenosis. Okay, for this question, that leaves option E, Valsalva. Tell me about that, Kathy.
0: Well, the Valsalva maneuver is where you bear down against a closed glottis, and that increases the intrathoracic pressure. By doing that, you decrease the venous return in the preload. So in this case, the murmur of hokum will be increased and the murmur of aortic stenosis is decreased. So this is the most useful physical exam finding when you're in the clinic and it's easy to do. That will help you distinguish between the two
1: diseases. So the answer is E, Valsalva Maneuver. Will an echocardiogram distinguish the two?
0: Yes, echocardiogram will definitely um, help you distinguish the two, and it's probably the best diagnostic test, and honestly, probably something that you would do next in this case.
1: Okay, so the teaching point here is that both aortic stenosis and HOCUM can present initially with similar symptoms, that is dyspnea and maybe some chest pain. The initial examination on both cases may show a mid-systolic murmur, but a more detailed examination and having the patient do a valsalva maneuver can help distinguish between these two murmurs.
0: And to learn more about this, you can check out Harrison's chapter on the cardinal manifestations of disease under the approach to a patient with a heart murmur.
1: This is Jim Shanahan, publisher at McGraw-Hill. Harrison's pod class is brought to you by McGraw-Hill's Access Medicine, the online medical resource that delivers the latest trusted content from the best minds in medicine. Go to accessmedicine.com to learn more.